Hello and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 800 comedians over the last 46 years. My guest today is the wonderful comedian, Mr. Jacob Hawley. Yes! Ah. Hello! Fantastic. How Fantastic. are you? I'm great, Rich. Thank you for having me on your interview. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. really is. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Um, uh, uh, it's going to be an interview lasting about 45 minutes to an hour, and we'll go right back to the start and tell me, how did you become a comedian? I mean, it's it's um, it's something for me that I kind of always wanted to do. I, I I was a fan of comedy since I was really young. Like when I was young, I used to I was sort of raised on sitcoms that my dad would show me, and then uh, my my my, fir my first um, introduction to stand up was when I was about twelve or thirteen. And then it, you know, sort of straight away after that, I just wanted to do it. I wanted to give it a go. I chose a university degree purely because it had one module that was stand up comedy. <laughs> Uh, so I put, up, I put up with three years of shit that I didn't really care about <laughs> just so I could do the, the module on stand-up in the final year and then yeah I've just, I've just been plowing on since then so what year was this when you were at university so I went to uni in 2011 until right. 2014 right and in 20, 2014 is when I kind of got on the circuit and started doing you know, like the open mic gigs and those those little bits like sure. that. Yeah. Um, so, so, wow. so from your university degree, which included stand-up comedy, did mm. were, were you doing gigs as part of the course, or or did or were you doing gigs straight after it? I I so we did we sort of did gigs, quote unquote gigs on the course. So essentially what we did on that for that module, because it was like a theatre it was like a theatre course, right? Yeah. And then and so every week we had to write two minutes of material and then every week we'd come and perform it to the rest of the group, which was like thirty people. And then uh, and then the, the the sort of final assessment at the end of the module was we actually did ten minutes at, um do you know do you know the King's Head in Crouch? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we do 10 minutes there. It, you know, just, just people on the course performing wow. and, and just people from the course in the audience. So that was like my first, uh, that was like my first ever gig. Um, and then, wow. yeah, shortly, shortly after that, I went and did five minutes as part of a kind of normal Thursday night at the King's Head. And yeah. then, yeah, from, from there, you know, did, did all the little kind of mini open mic gigs that, you, that were around at the time. Of and, course, yeah. And, and that, that was... That was sort of how, and and it was funny. I was talking to someone else about this the other day, but that that was kind of the, the way that I came up and the way that I sort of built, a, you know, turned turned it into a job. It was very much the, the model that people would tell you to do. I very much did it by the book. I did yeah. all the open mic gigs. I entered all the new act competitions. I did well in one of them. Um, from that, I got signed to an agent. I did Edinburgh a couple of times, and then it sort of went from there. And, uh, I think I think it's like an interesting thing to think about now, you know. I mean, it, it, it's sort of talking talking about that with you there, Rich. That that really took me by surprise. I was like, oh wow, it's seven years I've been doing stand up. <laughs> it I mean, does fly that, when you're having fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for most of part. But, but, but it, I think what's what's happened in the last year is I, I've lost a year. 
Right. You know, it, I haven't really thought about it for a year. In, yeah. in my head, I've been going six years, but I was like, I oh, know it's seven, but then the last year's kind of been a fallow year. Mm. But then, you know, for, for new acts now, if, if if I was starting comedy when I, if I was to be starting it now, there aren't open mic gigs to be going to. I mean, God knows if there's even going to be pubs, let alone little shows like that. That yeah, feels crazy yeah. to think about now. The, the new acts competitions, there weren't any last year in 2020. There aren't going to be any in 2021. Right. Edinburgh, I Edinburgh, I can't see. I if can't if it does happen this year, it won't be. Yeah. No, I'm the same as you, mate. I can't see it. And so, if it, I, I do think it's very interesting to think, and, and it's funny, I, I remember when I started doing stand-up, I used to listen to people like Stuart Lee talking about how he started comedy and how it's so different to to my type. And now I feel like another one of those old men sitting here going, well, it's so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sitting sit here going, oh, I, don't, I don't know how people start nowadays. Old, it's such a different how landscape. How old are you, if I can ask? <laughs> I'm twenty. I, I'm twenty nine. There you go. Um, old. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's I know not. It's not, <laughs> it's not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not old. But I, I feel old. I've got. Yeah, you know, I've got. Yeah. A ba- I've got a very young daughter yeah, yeah, who makes yeah. me feel old. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I think the, the landscape of of live comedy, at least, is will has shifted so much because of everything that's happened in the last I, year. That yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I almost feel like everything that I'm talking about is 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 almost irrelevant now people be you know if, if a new act were to listen to this and go well I'll do what Jacob did yeah they'd, they'd be listening to this going well I can't none of that is none of that is even around anymore so it's it's, it's, it's very strange I, I have to say since you know you asked me that there and I haven't really thought about it in a long time but it's um yes it's it's sort of weird I feel yeah, like I'm talking yeah, about yeah. a world that doesn't exist well well um you were saying about the king's head my 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 favorite story of going there i used to go there many times downstairs at the king's head in in crouch end and i first saw harry hill there 30 years ago and wow. he, and he brushed past me jumped up onto the stage and he said i'm really sorry i'm late ladies and gentlemen i had to have a testicle brought down and everybody laughed and then he said from <laughs> derby and it, it to this day it was the best opening <laughs> line i've ever heard but but we used to go we used to go um all the time to down uh, uh, downstairs there we we saw Jeff Green and we saw Frank Skinner mm. there they they all played there so so it was it must have been a very good grounding for you having a pub like that it it was it was and it's still i mean again not so much you know in this fellow time but yeah. even, even even a year ago I'd regularly perform yeah. in Crouch End um Saturdays and Sundays with with Peter and Peter Wilson, who runs the gig, yeah, you know, yeah. he's been there since the beginning. He's, he's he's championed many young comics, as you as you say, you know, whether it was Harry Hill, Frank Skinner, or whatever. And he, yeah. it's um, it's you know, it's a beautiful gig. It's a really, it's 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 to me, it's exactly what live comedy should be. You know, Very much small so, yeah. small little basement, low ceiling, one hundred and fifty people squashed in, mismatched furniture. Uh, you know, it, it's perfect. just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's exactly, it's, it's not. I've, I've, I've a couple of times I've done bigger gigs and I've done the big theatres and stuff, and they're lovely and they're really fun to do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously grateful for that. But I, for me, that that's the most exciting thing is going somewhere like the King's Head. And, and I, I, as an audience member, as much as a performer, I, I, it's, I, I know this is one of the questions you had um, noted down, but I, I actually, uh, before, before I started performing, I used to go and watch a lot of open mic comedy. Yeah. Because I just, I just thought that was a smart thing to do because I thought, well, 
you know, my experience before I'd started doing stand-up was very much I'd seen, you know, big comedians on tour, I'd seen DVDs. But I thought, well, that's not what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? When I, when I start, I'm going to be performing in front of 10 people, so I need to go and see what that looks like. So I actually, for a good year, I went and just watched loads of open mic comedy. I went to good The line. King's Head. Yeah. I, went, I went to Angel Comedy. I went to the Comedy Cafe. Yeah. I don't know if you ever went there in Shoreditch. Yeah. You know, just, just to kind of watch. And, um, it's and I, I used to love it. It really is. I, I would... I have to say, if I didn't perform stand-up, I think I think that's that would actually be <laughs> they would be the nights I'd be most drawn to. Yeah. Is going to watch that? I, I love watching because yeah. especially you, you, some of the new acts are bonkers. They're insane. <laughs> you get you get some <laughs> lunatics. I, some of the people that used to turn up, you know, and, and whether you as an audience member, whether you're laughing with them or at them, it doesn't really matter. Like if, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I think I really enjoy that idea. Um, so yeah, I, I think places like the King's Head, I, I do hope that they survive all of this that's going on at the moment because so, for me yeah. that's the most yeah. That's yeah. that's the best bit. If there's if there's one thing I miss, it is going to live comedy. I love going out for a few beers to either the Soar Theatre or the King's Head or mm. the Banana Cabaret Ballam or always the comedy of course. And then watching um just the just the best comedy show I can find. Um, when I uh, when I uh, had the idea for this blog, I went on a half day writing course, and everybody with me wanted to be reviewers, and and the the trainer came up to me and said, um, "We can't remember why you're here," and I, and I said, "Oh, I said, well, I'm not a diarist, I'm not a reporter, I'm not a reviewer, I'm not a critique. I'm a member of the audience out to have a good time, and this blog is designed to." be an enthuse for all the people that go out there and actually do it and mm. go and do it and and um i can't i personally can't believe the success of it but but i hope i'm very passionate when i'm talking to you and when i'm writing my blog and you know i hope that comes across because uh, it is the most wonderful thing to experience you know, and, and, and well, I, I share your passion, yeah. Rich. I have to say, even if I, do, I don't think, I think if I weren't a performer, I would share the same passion. I, yeah. I really, I really adore it as a, as a, as a kind of form, as a, as a way of, yeah. as, as a sort of medium. You know, I, re, I really, it's, it's something I, I really love, and I, I some. I, I don't know about you, but the, the way that I, I get with comedy is the way that other people get with music. I'll, I'll get a favourite routine and it's great nowadays that you get people releasing sort of comedy specials on yeah. on Spotify yeah. or on BBC Sounds or whatever and I, I you know I'll get my favourite ones and I'll listen to my favourite bit over and over as if it's my favourite song <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll be, I'll I be do that a lot poking, yeah I, I, I poke it in front of my girlfriend and I go listen to this or, or my friends I say you have to listen to this or, I, I used to when, when I first discovered stand up I was um, as I say I was about 12, 13 and it was a Ricky Gervais show. I think it was politics. I um, saw that live. Yeah, yeah. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I, I remember. I used to. I was in a sort of bike gang at the time. I, you know, me and my mates would ride our bikes at the at, at the sort of skate park and stuff. And then someone had a little sort of speaker, and we'd connect our iPods to it and listen to. And everyone would be listening to heavy metal and stuff. And I would unplug it, and I, <laughs> I would I'd plug in Ricky Gervais, and I would try and get people to listen to this. Oh, that's brilliant. That that. But that's how much I loved it. That's that's how much I 
I adored it. I really wanted people to, and I, and I, and I sort of mistakenly, mistakenly thought that other people felt the same way. So it's nice to speak to someone like yourself who shares that passion. Very, very much so, my friend. Um, when you're on stage, what do you like to talk about? Do you have any themes? Do you have any um, uh, things that you want to get off your chest? Or how do, how do you go about um, deciding what you're going to say? I think it's something that's kind of changed over the years. And, and when, I, when I first started doing stand-up, I mean, I, you know, as I say, the, the context within when I first started doing stand-up, I was doing five-minute sets and they were kind of in preparation for competitions. And so when you were writing your set and deciding what you wanted to talk about, you were very much thinking, how many times can I say something funny within five minutes? How funny can I be within five minutes? And so, I, you know, I, I joke about the most facile topics and I, I mean it was as I say it was 2014 when I started doing stand-up and I was doing jokes about the 2012 Olympics and I didn't I didn't think to myself they're two years old no one cares <laughs> um, but I, th- I I sort of had a, a moment sort of 18 months in where I threw away all my material and started again because I just decided that I, if I'm going to do if I'm going to do this I just thought I, I have to be talking about things I really care about Yeah, and and that's really especially in terms of doing longer shows and longer sets that's that's really become um something that that i really think about is is doing stuff that i care about and certainly certainly doing topics that i feel passionate about whether that might be societal things or personal things i've over the last few years i've been talking about social class a lot more because a i think it's something that not a, lot of, not a lot of other comics talk about the way that I do and it's, it's something that I care about and it's something that I think we as a society need to talk about a bit more I, I've done a lot of material about drugs in the past but I've tried to do it from the perspective of someone who isn't just you know drawing the same two dimensional characters you know, you know druggies are wasters dealers are villains and everyone else is the good guys it, yeah, I try and do something a bit more nuanced than that and then as, as I've kind of over the last couple of years fallen in love started a family it's, it's very much been talking about that but I, I think I think of my heroes in stand-up and they're all people who talk about stuff they really care about and topics that they think are really important it's you know I, as much as I, I could watch a Michael McIntyre for hours because I, I do you know he's, he's often referenced as a kind of oh he just does jokes about nothing but I, he's he's fantastic and he's very skilled at that and he does really hilarious jokes and I think of someone as Kevin Bridges as, as kind of been similar of an observational comic who who does incredible stuff about the silly little things in life but I also I you know the, the people you mentioned the Soho Theatre earlier yeah when when that opens I, I want to be seeing people like uh, like an Ahir Shah or a John Kearns brilliant you know people I mean someone that I sort of started at the same time as someone like Sarah Keyworth I've watched Sarah over oh, the last so couple of years yeah. wonderful comment like, yeah. and they, they do stuff about the things they really care about and it, you know I, I, I referenced John there he's, he's a good friend of mine and, and but he's uh, to me he's one of the best comics working in the UK yeah. and John doesn't John doesn't talk literally on stage you know he doesn't he won't come out and just tell you what he's thinking you, you kind of have to piece it together from the mad daft stuff that he says but it's still important and it, and if you watch I, I was really lucky that I managed to be John's tour support on his last tour so I watched his last show a few times and th- there was one part of the show that was heartbreaking and made me cry every night every night of the tour I would cry 
I'd, I'd shed a little tear in the audience that's, and that. And that's fantastic because you're listening in on what he has to say and you're concentrating mm. as well as getting the laughs. But it's it's I, people talk about that, especially in terms of modern comedy. There's you know now nowadays there is kind of a trend for hour long shows that have a sad bit at the forty five minute mark, and people take the mick out of that. But I love that. I I really like that. I love I love if I can go to a show and feel something, and I think that only comes when the performers talking about stuff they really care about. I think I think that goes as well. If you look at um, TV sitcoms. Um, <laughs> If, if they're very good or really well made sitcoms you care about the characters so in, a way, so in a way they're comedy dramas I'm thinking of like Fraser, Cheers Only Fools and Horses, yeah. Faulty Towers Dad's well, it's, Army it's, it's, know, it's funny the, the, very well structured yeah the, the ones the ones that you reference there I, th- I think a lot of people would say that they're straight comedy they're, they're, they're just mm. traditional sitcoms I, I read something that Ricky Gervais said about The Office once and he said we, you know when we sat down and wrote those characters we didn't think about what made them funny yeah. we thought we thought about what would make the audience care about them yeah. because that that's what lasts and, and, but I think you're right to point out the, the kind of trend towards comedy drama and I love that I, I don't know if you watched May Martin's sitcom that came out last summer. Yeah, it was superb. Oh, really wonderful. superb. I was just thinking was, about that, yeah. It was like a little film. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was honestly like yeah. a little film. It was beautiful. And, and I love that. And, yeah. you know, that that's that's from, you know, she she's done a sitcom about stuff she obviously cares about, you know, recovery and addiction yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and her sexuality and stuff. So I, I think... I think there are two ways of thinking when you approach comedy as a comedian. You can either just... You can either just be the silliest, daftest comedian you can be and, and do something really, you know, just just silly. And, and Harry Hill, like you mentioned earlier, is a great example of that. But then, but then you can also try and be thoughtful and do stuff you really care about. And then, and then I think the real genius is people like John, as I mentioned, Kearns and very much so. Yeah, he does both. Yeah, it's yeah. silly and it's daft, yeah. but it means something. Yeah. And I, and I think that's um, that's that's what I aspire to. You mentioned before as well uh, Michael McIntyre, who I first saw in a hut at the Edinburgh Fringe performing to about 30 people, and he was incredible. You could could tell then, this guy's going to be a a superstar. It was just the delivery um, uh, again, and the sheer um, putting together of the joke and then killing the audience with the line time after time after time he was brilliant and you also mentioned Kevin Bridges who um, I first saw always be comedy and I was sitting on the front row and he said and he, and he stopped his set after hearing me laugh and he said uh, he said where are you from I said Carlisle uh, um, and, he, and he goes oh he said that's between um, England and Scotland he said my uh, 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 I always drop my family off we always stop at Carlisle so my family can have a piss, and that's the un- that's the only reference I have to Carlisle. And I'm like, how do I take that? But it was hilarious, you know. And and, and he's right because you think, well, yeah. <laughs> but again, I think, I think, again, it's this observational he... humour. Yeah. You know, it's 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 wonderful to see. Um, to date, what has been your worst comedy gig? Now, now I've seen I've only ever seen you online, and we've never met, unfortunately. And that will uh, happen soon when everything opens up, hopefully. Um, uh, I can't imagine you having a bad comedy gig because everyone I've seen you do is very is superb. Oh, that's very kind of you, Rich. Um, 
Well, I mean, they do happen. <laughs> <laughs> you must have. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do happen. Um, do, you, do you know a comedian called Mike Wilmot? Very much, very much yeah. yeah. I've seen him at, at the Fringe as well, yeah. He's brilliant, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Uncle, yeah. Very Uncle, gravelly voice, Canadian. Uncle Mike, yeah. <laughs> as they call him. Yeah. Um, I've died in front of Uncle Mike, and that is something you don't want to do because he will... Wow. That bastard will not let you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> My well, it's all experience. God. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? He's such a funny guy, Mike. I, I did. It, I did a show with him in Gravesend that went really well. Actually, I had a really good time. It was one of my first times on a sort of professional bill a few years ago. Yeah. We 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 had a beer afterwards. We got the train back to London together. He bought a bottle of red wine for the train, as he does. <laughs> Chatting about everything. Talked for a long time got you know went went our separate ways I thought oh what a lovely guy I did another show with him a few weeks later and he didn't recognise me no and I and it's no listen it's no he, he meets a lot of young comics yeah, and a lot yeah, of them yeah. a, a lot a lot of them kind of look like me so I don't mind that and I was probably very quiet and, and nervous too much so I don't mind that but he didn't he didn't remember me after spending a few hours together wow. the next gig I, the next gig I did with him it was in Southend it was at the Cliff Pavilion Theatre yeah. it was a it was a curry and comedy night it was horrible I had the worst 20 minutes of my life <laughs> and it, and to that to that after that he, re, he remembers every second of those 20 minutes wow and he, <laughs> he keeps, wow he, every time I see him he goes god you remember the, the Cliff Pavilion my god <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, brilliant. No. But yeah, so that, that was that's that's really sticks out in my mind that night. It was um what's his name? Tom Lucy was on yeah, as well. Yeah, Do you know yeah. Tom, you know Tom? Yeah. It's great. Um yeah. really and good I, I remember bills. I was yeah, I was watching Tom and, and Tom Tom did fine, but Tom came off and was like, That was awful, that was horrible. It's it's he just he sort of said he was like it's gonna be bad. Um <laughs> and I, I was wearing this like Adidas tracksuit top. <laughs> I just remember afterwards in the green room. Uh, you know, often often you have a bad gig, you'll go back to the green room and the other comedians will go, oh, it wasn't that bad, it was all right. <laughs> Mike, I got in the green room, Mike was like, that was fucking shit. And then he, get, he says to me, he goes, he goes you can't wear that tracksuit as you walk out venue he said you've got to take it off he, wow. said, he said you can't go back there wearing what you just wore oh <laughs> so that yeah that I mean that was painful but you you, you I, I've, I've noticed in recent years I really I really well pre all this but I don't I don't mind the bad gigs at all anymore I, I take them on the chin now I think it, I, I like to think that doing bad gigs is a a good thing is a, I think so I, yeah. I, the thing is I think you, you, I'd rather be zero stars or five stars. Do you know what I mean? If, you, I, if you're consistent, if you're consistently two or three stars, yeah, you're mediocre, you're boring. Yeah. Whereas if you if if, you, if you're zero or five, you're divisive. Yeah, you're exciting. You're exciting. So I think as well that as I say, to be a better comedian, you have to go through the difficult gigs. Yeah, we have to take the risks. I think yeah. you have to take the risks that come with uh, with all that stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, so I, I do I do think that's uh, I, I think I think that's like 
I think that's a good sign. If, if I mean, you know, you don't want to be dying all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 of course, no, no. Um, yeah. How do you cope with any nerves before you go on stage? Do you get nervous? I used I used to get very nervous. And I have to say that the first time you saw me, which would have been May last year, yeah. when I did when I did the online gig, and and you know that was my first gig in two months. You were superb, um, mate. You were really. Good. Oh, that's very kind, Rich. But that, I, I was I was I have to say I was bricking it before that. I was very nervous because I hadn't done it in so long. But I, I don't it, listen. If, there, if there's a secret to overcoming stage fright, I don't know what it is because for years I was a mess. For the, for the first year or so, I was a mess. I'd be pacing. I'd be, God, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be weeing. I'd be, I'd be doing about seventeen wees before I go on stage. I'd be running around. I wouldn't be able to talk. My mouth wow. would be dry out. I had the lot. Whereas now, you know, I think I, friends of mine anyway find it sort of quite remarkable how I can sort of just sort of wander on, do a do do a longer set, and it's not. You know, it you, it's, yeah, it, it's just experience, isn't it? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there is a secret to the, the stage fright thing or anything like that. But it, it, I, I think most people feel this way. But there will still be times when I'll go. You go on tonight. There's, there's, you know, Rich, Rich has come along. He's going to be writing about me for the blog or something. <laughs> you know, like, oh, there, you know, there'll there'll always be a reason. There'll always be a reason yeah. to get nervous. But but similarly, there's, there's often times now when. You know, you just you just yeah, you just don't care. There's times when you go, you think, well, I don't care what any of these people think. I've done I've done that in the past. Yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. I don't I, care if I, it is. I, I suppose as well, um, it's all down to to you as well because you have to be positive and enthusiastic all the time. You go on stage, and you could be having a bad day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've had some. The, the, I mean, you've been up to the Edinburgh Fringe yourself, haven't you? Very, very much, yeah, yeah. All the time. And and that, that, I mean, that that's 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 the real one because it's like, yeah, you're doing it every day, and yeah. you know, you you'll you'll wake up in the morning and you'll read a bad review, and then it'll rain all day because it's fucking Scotland, <laughs> and 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 it's Scotland, you know, <laughs> and you 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 you'll check your bank account and it's empty because you've paid three thousand pounds for this venue that no one's going to come and sit in and then you get there and there's there's six people and they're wet and you're wet and no one wants to be there but as you say you still got to go hi guys blah, blah, blah. you know you come out and be yeah. But, so it's it's very much the job, and it, and it's very and I, and I have to you know again you learn some experience. I've, I've very much had gig where I've gone out and I've been grumpy and I've been in a bad mood, and, <laughs> and you, you come off and you go, well that didn't go well, but you think, well of course it didn't. I mean, who, who wants that? Who wants to pay to see someone who's in a mood? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to cheer yourself up. So I, I remember um, I remember uh, James telling me because it's uh, James Gill, mutual friend of ours who, who runs all of the comedy. Yeah. Your comedy brother indeed. I wish we were um, related, but we're not. <laughs> well, I'd keep the mystique alive, mate. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, we, I remember him telling me um, some some because we've done some corporate gigs for always be, and he he was saying some advice that Romesh gave him, which is that when Romesh used to go and do these corporate gigs, because these corporate gigs, the, I have to say the online ones I've done with James have all been really nice actually, but a lot of the time when you do them in person, they're awful. Apparently, Romesh used to just look at a photograph of his children before going on stage <laughs> as, as, a, as, a, as a reminder of going, well, look, I'm doing this for the money to give those. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it remind, so, yeah. reminds me of the Edinburgh story. I, I, I um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Edinburgh actually, um, because I, I go there every year. I'm very fortunate to go there every year, and uh, mm. it's my holiday. I go there for a week, and I go with a load of friends, and I see about fifty shows in a week. I've been going since two thousand and five, and one wow. year. Um, so this would be my fifteenth year. Before before we all locked down, 2019, 14th, 15th year. Um, uh, one year we went, and uh, this this must have been typical because we we went to see a comedian who shall remain nameless, and okay. I was there with a, re- a friend of mine who was reviewing. There was me and him and a drunken Scotsman who we didn't know in the front row. And the mm. comedian bounded on and he went, hello, ladies and gentlemen, lovely to see you. And realised there was only three of us there. <laughs> and he said, oh, I said, I'm, I'm not going to bother tonight. Thank you so much for coming. I'll buy you a drink for coming along. Uh, but, you know, it's not worth it doing it for three people. And this, this bloke in the front row had his arms folded and he went, no, I've paid my six pound. I want the hour. <laughs> and he had to do the hour. And Did he do it? Most, embarrassing i felt so embarrassed for the comedian it was a good show it was a decent show but my god you know you have to when you commit to it you have to do it i suppose i I had a friend of mine um he did his first edinburgh in 2019 fantastic comic actually i won't mention his name for similar reasons but he's someone i'll recommend to you but he um on his first day at edinburgh he had two people in and I, I was I was there with him before his show because he's he's, a, he's he's actually you know he's a really good friend and, and I've been going I've been going a couple of years longer than him and I, and he and he he I was with him before the show and he said oh my god there's two people I'm not doing it and I said I'm really sorry maybe you have to <laughs> but, 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 but the, the, I said the, but the re- the reason I said that Rich is because because I said to him the, the, the thing is I said if you if you if you don't do it to two if you get six tomorrow. You won't do it to six. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly and, right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, if you get, and the problem is, I said, I said, if you do it to these two and they go away and tell two more people each, then that's your six exactly. for the next day. But, but you've, I said, this, unfortunately, that's the job. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, so I've, yeah, I've, that's the reality I've, of it. I've helped out with um, comedians who I like who want me to flyer for them. At Edinburgh, really? and uh, you know any any way you can build up a um, group to come and see you, um, it must be a good thing. Um, mm. You've appeared in shows called Howl in 2018 mm-hmm. and Falaraki in 2019 at the Edinburgh Fringe. Tell me about your writing process and where you get your ideas from for the for show. Sure. If you thought up of a show, how would you process well, it? Well, I, I mean, so that first one, Hal, that was my sort of quote-unquote debut show. And, yeah. and I think it's a, it's a very unhealthy thing that we, we sort of had with the Edinburgh Fringe previously. I don't know whether it'll be the case going forward where a lot of pressure is put on your debut show. You, you know, you have to have a strong debut Edinburgh show. You have to do well, which is so stupid because... <laughs> Because it's it's obviously going to be your worst one. Of course, it's your worst one. <laughs> well, you're new to it, shall we say? You've never done it before. You've never done it before. 
Yeah. So why 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 is it important? You, like we we should really normalise the idea that you go up and your first one's shit. First one's <laughs> off. Of course it is. And and, so, and you know you, you do this thing where what you do, and this is I think a lot of people do this, and I kind of did this to an extent is you just pick all your best bits of material, you you sort of hammer them all together, and and you crowbar bits in, and it, and it you know you try and make it make sense and turn it into a coherent thing, and in naturally it isn't because you, you know they're just bits that you've thought of over the yeah, first three yeah. or four years of your career that, and so it was you know it went, it went all right that year but it was it was it was you know i, I do i do I, if i could go back and talk to my previous younger self i'd say just write something new just do something new and if it's shit it's shit but you'll learn in the second year i went way too far the other way i tried to do a, 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 i basically tried to do a, a kits and shop i tried to do Two, two stories that I told in parallel that would kind of intertwine and Ambitious. you know one from yeah well, <laughs> fucking ridiculous ridiculous I was being kind <laughs> it, it, it was it was and do, do you know what Rich it's, it's funny you mentioned critics earlier I'm, I'm someone I read every review I will read every wow. review I've got I've got a Google alert set up it tells me every time my name pops up anywhere wow I read every review because, do you know what because and listen there's times you'll get and, and uh, you know, listen, by and large, I've been reviewed quite nicely, you know, four stars here, four stars there, a couple of threes, but, you know, three isn't a bad review, it's fine, right? But if, if you're getting reviewed by by a load of students up in Edinburgh, yeah, take, take that with a pinch of salt. A load of students, they're learning, you know. But if, you, if you're going to get reviewed by Bruce Desso, for example, who writes for the Evening Standard, yeah. Or I've been I've been reviewed by the guy who does the comedy for the Sunday Times. Can't remember his name, but it, you know Steve Bennett Steve for sure, ben, for example. Yeah, yeah. I I I I give the, I give their opinions a lot of credence because because they they watch comedy every day of their lives. Yeah, yeah. They 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 know my contemporaries. They know the people that inspire me. And and I read Steve Bennett's review of my most recent show that I did at Soho Theatre, which was that Falaraki show. Gave it three and a half stars, you know, read, read very nicely, but he said, you know, the structure is a bit clunky. And I thought, yeah, it was clunky because I was trying to do, I was trying to do two fucking shows at once. <laughs> of course it's clunky. Like it was, it was, it was really overambitious. It was way yeah. too much. You, you can't jump backwards and forwards in time. It's not a film. I mean, do you know what I mean? I, I'm not sat well in a fucking. Said. I'm not sat in a digital FX studio trying to trying to jump forward. But I, I'm, it's me stood on a stage yeah. in a pair of shorts. Yeah, like, yeah. keep it simple. So, so that, that it's it's quite sad actually because I was I was writing a show um, this time last year when when everything got cancelled. I was writing a show called Bump, right. which was um, which was about. Uh, me trying to decide whether I want to be a parent or not and whether I think it's right to bring children into a, such a broken world um, with the kind of added caveat A, that um, me and my partner had had a, a failed pregnancy, she had a miscarriage the year previous and so that had kind of altered my thinking a little bit but also that we were now expecting our first child who was born in August um, which was so I was, I was going to kind of do an Edinburgh show in reverse I was going to do the sad bit at the start and the happy bit at the yeah. end um, and I, and I, I thought I, I really think that would have been the best. I think that was going to be my best show. I think that was going to be something. You know, I've, I've really worked hard. I really thought it was a good, good bit of work. Um, and so hopefully I'll get to do that again. But yeah, I, you really you, you look back at your previous stuff and you, you do learn your lessons. You know, the first one it was just about crowbarring in whatever I thought was funny, and then this, the second one I was trying to write a film 
whilst whilst stood in an attic in, in Edinburgh. So you, you have to you learn your lessons. What's what's very impressive about you when I've seen you online um is that you're very engaging, you're very enthusiastic, you're determined to make an audience laugh. And every time I see you it's it's new the, the, there's either a, a new routine in there or the entire set's new so that's extremely encouraging and i'm just hoping for great things for you with all the carry on oh thanks the, 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 the thing i guess you know i'm trying to think of when you've seen me and it, it's been difficult with the online yeah. stuff because the thing I've is only ever seen I, i'm and this is it. Usually, I do I do most of my writing. It sounds bizarre, but I do my writing on stage. I yeah. do I do my writing. I, I try and think of stuff in the moment and, and write that way. I'm not great at sitting with a notepad in my no. flat. I have to I have to be at the gig. So it's been very hard. I mean, I did I did a Radio Four special um, in March, and I, I basically had to write that. You know, a lot of the material that I ended up recording for that, I've never performed in front of an audience. Right. Still. I've still never done it in front of an audience, a lot of it, because I wrote it in, you know, December, January, February. Have, there weren't any gigs. I couldn't try yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I just had to, I just had to record it as a stand, you know, down, I recorded it on Zoom. Yeah. And, and that was that. So, um, I've, I've, so yeah. That, that leads me into my next question. Uh, you've, you, you've also done a stand-up special called Radio 4 it was called J- Jacob's Jacob Hawley's Welcome to Britain is that right? that's right isn't it no yeah. yeah that was the first one I did I recorded that in 2019 right that was a kind of adaptation of my first Edinburgh show which was called Howl right um, which was about a kind of uh, patriotism and nationalism in the UK and then I did another one this year called Class Act which right. came out yeah last month so, so are that's, there um, any... that was about that's about social. Say again, sorry. That was about social class. The second one, right? So, um, are there any differences do you think to appearing on radio as opposed to live stand-up? Well, in terms of those, in terms of those shows, they they were supposed to be you know stand-up specials, and and the first one was actually recorded in front of an audience. Um, that was actually recorded at a top secret comedy club. Um, know it well, yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah. But the, the second, the second one, um, the, the second one, yeah. As I said, I recorded it over Zoom, and, and it's a mad experience. You know, I was, I'm st- I was I recorded it at a place called the Mild May Club in Newington Green, which is like a it's like the oldest working men's club in, in London. Huge room. You could have fit five hundred people in there. It's completely empty. <laughs> I'm stood on this massive stage. There's no one there. There's three people. There's a producer and two cameramen. I've just got <laughs> headphones on and I can... 100 people on the Zoom who I'm performing to, I can hear them, but I can't... It's like performing to ghosts. Right. It's honest, because it's not like the Always Be comedy where I can see you in your house. Yeah. I couldn't see anyone. So I'm just... I'm just <laughs> so that's a really bizarre experience. And I, and I do... I think... The, the main difference you've got to consider, especially when you're doing Radio 4, is that you're, you're performing to a certain kind of audience. You know, you're performing to someone who's probably quite well-educated, quite middle-class, and yeah. that comes with its own uh, considerations. I, I, and I like doing that. I don't mind that. I also, I, I like I like it all, really. I, I don't mind whether I'm performing in a trashy little comedy club in the basement or whether it's Radio 4. But <laughs> I do think... Good on you. You, you obviously... <laughs> 
you have to be you have to be considerate of who you're performing to you know yeah, and i think yeah. i think the, the the tastes of a radio for audience so i'll maybe try and use a few bigger words i'll get a dictionary out before going on stage and make sure i know some <laughs> you're some four syllable words down, my friend <laughs> um, we're all living in strange times it's been a horrible awful year awful time uh, how have you found online gigs again as opposed to stand up um have you done many of them? What do you think of them? I've, yeah, I've done a good handful. As I say, some have always been comedy, mm. some for a few other promoters. And the, the main thing I would say is I, I, I have to say I was very sceptical before doing a, an online gig. I, I waited a good couple of months before doing one. And listen, you'll, 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 you've probably seen as much online comedy as anyone in the last year, Rich. <laughs> you'll, you'll know yourself. It is not the same no. as being in a comedy club. But it is one hundred percent the next best thing. Yeah. It's an it's an absolute credit to the people that put those online shows on because not only do they keep people like yourself entertained, yeah. but they keep people like me in in work and in pocket. Yeah. And I I can't speak highly enough of people like our mutual friend James and people like people people who run all these online gigs because it's it's so innovative and it's so I think it's so selfless of them to run these gigs because you know you, usually there'll be one two people behind these gigs and they'll be entertaining hundreds of people at home and they'll be keeping a handful of comedians paid and working and being creative and I, I think that deserves a huge amount of credit yeah. and so yeah, I, I've I, I have I have I have not got a bad word to say about online gigs I, th I think they are a brilliant thing I think they're a wonderful um I think they're a wonderful consequence of this mad little period. I think it's a shame we've had to do them, but I think it's a real credit to the people that run them for being so innovative in the past year. I, I uh, totally agree. I think um, they are a, a super substitution for the real thing. Um, if if we didn't have online comedy, I, d I don't know what I would have done because I'd have just been looking at four walls. But um, yeah. But for me, you can't beat obviously live because you're in a, an enclosed room anything can happen and you're there on the moment with those group of people it's 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 fascinating uh, to watch a live a, a, a live set from a from a, a either an up-and-coming comedian or an established comic but even the online ones I mean when they first started there was no audio so um, I was sitting here laughing at the walls and I thought I was going to be taken away you know it was like because the, the laughs apparently very loud <laughs> oh you nearly went then but there you go oh, so is um, uh, yeah, it's just so, my, my so, phone's telling me I've got twenty percent left. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we we are nearly done. Um, uh, the the um, I really hope the online the uh, live uh, gigs are back very very soon. I'm sure there will be. Um, can you tell me who your favourite comedians are, past and present, please? I think from the past, I my dad showed me a lot of Jasper Carrot growing up, and I really enjoyed what a bit a of Jasper Carrot. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Seen him two Love or three Jessica. times. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to see the Big Wing a few times. Wow. Twice. Twice, which you know, for me, is the most successful British, or for me, one of the most innovative British comedians you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, wow, that's brilliant. I saw. I saw him at the Apollo 
I think three that was years there, ago, maybe. Yeah, so I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's just I mean, amazing, you know, because he can pick anything up and just run with it. He's extremely yeah, and it, it was it was sad seeing him obviously unwell as he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but nevertheless, it was a real a real treat to see him. And and present, I think I you know I mentioned Kevin Bridges earlier, and I think. I, I honestly think Kevin is one of the best in the world yeah. at stand up. But I think I, I think on a national I think on an international level, if you were to speak to an American com- uh, comedy fan and they were to say we've got the Bill Burrs and we've got uh, you know Sarah Silverman and people like that, I think I think you can hold up Kevin Bridges and I think I don't think there's anyone who can hold a candle to him. Totally agree. I I, I totally agree. The the reason I asked the question is that. Um, there's a section in my blog called the ones that got away and uh, there's there's 25 i've written 25 comedians who have either passed on or I haven't had a chance to see and for me top of the tree were Markham and wise they're the they're the reason why i really get yeah. my my first ever gig at the age of eight family gig was uh, les dawson at scarborough and uh, a year later, I saw Tommy Cooper, and I was hooked. That was just amazing. Oh, mate! But Tommy uh, Cooper, that's um, right, yeah, that's, that's the the curtains opened, and he's he's lying on a bed, and and uh, nothing happens, and there's one woman laughing in the crowd, and it trickles round, so everybody's laughing. <laughs> and, after, and after about ten minutes, having not done anything, he pops his head up. He goes, "What? What? Has somebody come on?" <laughs> <laughs> He was, there's something, there's another level where you can twiddle your glasses or you can have your fares or yeah. not do anything and folk laugh at you. And I think... Uh, the, the, it's a real skill, isn't it? Oh, it's extraordinary. And I, and, I, and, 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 and I think the most recent one of those for me is Peter Kay. He can do no wrong. I'm, yeah, it was just funny bones, isn't it? Yeah. Just natural funny yeah. bones. I first saw him on a bill of five acts and he was fourth on the bill, and I laughed so hard at him, I missed the fifth act, and I said to him, mate, he's going to be a superstar. Um, just before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Where can you be found on social media? Have you got any online gigs coming up, more books, or any podcasts? Um, I, I, will, I will have a new uh podcast series coming to BBC Sounds soon, but I can't say too much about it yet. Exciting. Um, but yeah, if 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 anyone if anyone's keen and wants to give it a listen, my, my most recent stand up special class act is on Radio Four and I'm I'm really proud of it. So if you if you just go on the BBC Sounds app and search my name, you'll see it comes up and yeah, I was I really enjoyed it. It's as Brilliant. I say, very strange, very strange way that it came to exist, but <laughs> I'm very proud of it nonetheless. Well, mate, it's genuinely, it's been an absolute <coughs> pleasure talking to you. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 for one, can't wait to come and see you live on stage. Never mind well, online. Will, it won't be long. It won't be yeah. long. I think a couple of months, then we'll be, we'll be around. We'll be back to normal. As I say, thank you so much for your time and all the best to you. Top man, Rich. Thank you very much. Thank Speak you, things. mate.